say that, don't you? You know, uh, but pastor said it, you know, you know, what did you say a while ago? And you said it to Chad. You said, we've got to go first or something like that. You know, that's true, don't you? We've got to go first. But it takes faith to go first, doesn't it? It takes more faith to go first. A lot easier to follow when somebody else is already. But, you know, we're, uh, we're kind of uh, cutting through the brush, aren't we? We're plowing new ground. Amen. Praise God. The, the Lord was saying to me on the stage, because Pastor was talking about uh, faith, and tonight we're going to talk about uh, the glory, and we're going to talk about praise and worship, and we did that a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about that tonight, and the Lord was saying to me, there's never been a church in Tuscaloosa do it before. And I said, well, God, I know there's been a churches. I know in Tuscaloosa they have, they've had praise. They've had a lot of praise in Tuscaloosa. They've had a lot of worship in Tuscaloosa. And he said, they've never had it with faith, though. They've never had it, the word of faith message, and put praise and worship with it. They've had praise and worship, but I'm telling you, there's no place for praise and worship to go without the word of faith with it. Amen. 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 Praise God. But we've got somewhere for it to go. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. We're going to start there tonight. We're talking about the glory. Listen, if we want salvation in our church, we preach on salvation, right? If we want healing in our church, did you know you'll never have healings in your church if you don't preach on healing? We've proved that, hadn't we? Amen. Do you, don't y'all think the body of Christ has proved that? Amen. We won't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in churches if, if it's not preached on. And you know what else we won't have in our church if we don't preach on it? We won't have the glory in our church if we don't preach on it. And so the Lord has instructed me to start preaching on the glory. And um, he, he, and, and it was, it's kind of been a tough assignment because I didn't know much about the glory. Uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We pray for it all the time. We speak of the glory nearly... Uh, just constantly in an offhand and casual measure, but most of us don't know a thing in the world about it. We just know it sounds good and we want it. I looked up in the the PC study Bible on the computer and uh, uh, and I just put in the word glory in my concordance and called up all the scriptures that had the word glory in it. I could not imagine that there were that many scriptures in the Bible. It was too I was too lazy. I'll tell you the truth to count them. It would have been eye strain to count to count all those because you know. And I asked Chad. I said, "Is there a way to tell PC Study Bible that I want to know how many scriptures there is without having to count them?" And he didn't know, and Pastor didn't know either. So if anybody knows, let me know. But it was too many to count. I didn't want to spend that much time counting. But I'm telling you, I was amazed at how many times the word glory is used in the Bible. And so I, I, I thought, well, I can at least do this. So I just counted the times that Peter used the word glory. And Peter, in First and Second Peter, used it 16 times. He used the word glory in his two little books. I think the Lord wants us to know about glory. Amen. And I think this is one of those things that we got to lead out in too. Amen. We're going to see tonight some things. First Peter, y'all all went and I didn't. I was just too busy. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say some other things. But I just wanted you to see the first part of that verse. That He has called us into His eternal glory. Did you know what God, it says glory is not, uh, glory, eternal, I want to get on, let me get on the word eternal. Eternal is not 
something that after you get to heaven, we get to thinking that eternity is something that starts when they put you in the ground and then you're in heaven for all eternity. Eternity started way, 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 way back then and you're in eternity right now. And the glory is eternal. It was back then, it's now, and it's forever. We just cannot comprehend eternity. You know, we sing a song, Amazing Grace, and one verse of that song says, when you've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, you've no less days to sing God's praise than when you first begun. I, I was meditating on that song for about a week ago, and I was thinking, God, I cannot even comprehend that, it, that 10,000 years, and I'm 45, and I mean, you know, you get to thinking that that's a lot, and it's like... 45 years put into 10,000 years is just like a vapor. And you know, they, all through the Word it says it's a man's a vapor. It's just he's here today, he's gone tomorrow. And that's, you know, in the sense of, in the sense of our physical man. That is, I mean, you know, 100 years is nothing. 120 years is nothing. Eternal. And, and, and Peter said here, but the God of all grace who hath called us, he's called us into his eternal glory. We've been called into glory. So we need to know something about it if we've been called into it, don't we? Well, let me tell you some three things or a couple of things here about the glory. Glory is the realm of eternity. Now, we've already been talking about that. But glory is the realm of, the, of eternity. See, we, don't, we, we, are, we live in two realms here, kind of. You know, we have this natural realm, and it's not eternal. It's not it's fleeting and passing away, right? But the, but the realm of eternity, glory is the realm of eternity. And when we get into the glory, we're in, the, we're in that realm. And glory is the revelation of the presence of God. Glory is the revelation of the presence of God. Or let me say it another way. The glory is the manifestation of His presence. So now we know what the glory is because we talk about the glory. Well, what's the glory? Well, the glory is the manifestation of His presence. When I'm in the glory, I'm in the realm of eternity. Praise God. And we know that God is glory and we know that God is everywhere. That, those are reality. That's reality. That God is glory and God is everywhere. So some people say, well, that's enough. God's glory. God's everywhere. Praise God, that's enough. That's reality. But the glory is the manifestation of that reality. Just because something's reality doesn't mean that it's going to be affecting your life. God is everywhere, right? But there's some people that it's not affecting their lives at all that God is everywhere. Amen? Amen? God, if God is everywhere, then He is in every honky-tonk in town. If there's any of those in Tuscaloosa, I'm not even sure. I'm sure. I, I'm not going to ask you because I don't want you to admit you know. <laughs> Amen. But he's, it, that, is that not reality? That He is everywhere? But is there anything happening because of that? No. But glory is the manifestation of the reality that God is everywhere. Amen. And so when glory comes down, it's a little bit of heaven coming down to us. When the glory comes down, it's a little bit of heaven coming down to us. God is giving us a taste of heaven. He's given us, you might say it this way, He's giving us a heavenly perspective. 
When you get in the glory, all of a sudden you don't have the perspective of this world. You don't have a perspective of what the papers say. You don't have a perspective of what CBS News says. You have a heavenly perspective. And when the glory comes down, all of a sudden we've touched heaven. We've seen a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. Amen? Praise God. So God will reveal His glory to your spirit man. Now we have that, we have that happen all the time. If you are a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, you have God manifest His glory in your spirit all the time. I tell you what, it, there's not a day that goes past that you don't see things by your spirit. That you don't sense things. Maybe tonight you sense the presence of the Lord. Or maybe you sensed an unction or you sensed the anointing. And I know that you do in services. You sense things in your spirit. Maybe at home, well I know at home, there are times when you sense His presence. You read the Bible sometimes and, and you, you will, sometimes you're just reading, but then sometimes you sense something special coming out at you from the Word of God. And that is sensing His glory. You are sensing it with your, it's not sensing it with your hands and your nose and your ears and your mouth and your eyes. That's not how you're seeing it, is it? How many of you have ever seen something in your spirit? But you didn't see it with your... All of you have seen things with your spirit, hadn't you? Praise God. I mean, I know uh, sometimes good things, sometimes bad things. But saw things with the eyes of your spirit. So God reveals His glory to our spirit man. But I want to tell you something God's doing. He's revealing His glory to our natural man too. He is revealing His glory to our five senses. And this is, this, this is happening all the time, all over. And I need to preach on it so it'll start happening to you. Okay. Amen? Amen. I, I, I let, one way is people are seeing things with their natural eyes. Did you know that? And sometimes they see a cloud. And sometimes they see dewdrops. And sometimes they see golden drops of rain. Sometimes they see a pillar of cloud. Sometimes they see a pillar of fire. Sometimes they see a mist. Sometimes they see sparkles. Sometimes they see glory dust. Sometimes they see uh, gray or yellow smoke. I've heard it described, the glory described that way, gray and yellow smoke. Sometimes one child described the glory. He saw the glory in a service and he said it looked like a giant marshmallow. You know, well, however, you know, maybe it depends on what your age is or whatever, how you see that glory. Some, some have seen a haze and some have seen a blue fire. I mean, with their physical eyes seen that. When we were in Ed Dufresne's meetings in Birmingham a, a few weeks ago, they, uh, they have this on tape. They say you can see it on the video. I hadn't got the video to see it yet. And we were in the meeting uh, when this happened, but I was actually fighting off a cough, and I was probably coughing when it happened, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, I was believing God and fighting the good fight of faith uh, that night. And, um, but he prayed for, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Tammy Walker's mother. And he, and he prayed for her, and he spoke something about her healing. He, I think about her healing. It might not be her. I may have that mixed up. But anyway, Ed Dufresne said, be healed like that. And they said when he did, a puff of smoke came out of his mouth. And many people in the congregation saw it, so they got the video out to see if it was on there, and it's on the video. You can literally see the puff of smoke come out of his mouth on the video. That's a, the glory seen with the physical eye. 
Amen. Well, uh, it, God's manifesting His glory to the sense of smell. People can smell it. There's a fragrance sometimes. Amen. Uh, he's manifesting the, His glory to the hearing. I mean, sometimes people say things and you can tell that there's, there's something behind it. It's like heaven's speaking. It's, there's something more. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. So y'all are catching on, right? And then sometimes you can feel it. I know Brother Hagin said when he got healed back all those years ago, when he was 16 years old and he was on the bed of affliction, paralyzed. You know, when he got up, remember when he got up, the Lord told him, okay, you believe you're healed, right? And he said, yes, sir, I do. I believe I'm healed. And the Lord said, okay, get up. And so he started making him, he started struggling to get up and he was holding on to that post of the bed um, in order to stand up because he's paralyzed. He said something like warm honey started coming down over his body. I've heard many times people talk about warm honey. Maybe some of you have felt warm honey. That is the glory of God being manifest to your physical man when you literally can feel something with your physical man. Maybe you felt uh, 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 maybe you felt a, a cold, something cold, uh, you know, in the sense of uh, when somebody prayed for you or something warm, something hot in your back. Sometimes when somebody prays for you in a certain place in your body and you're getting healed, it'll Get, it'll get hot, real hot all of a sudden. Well, that's the glory of God being manifest to the physical man. Praise God. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 5. By the way, concerning uh, what, when we hear something, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1, 5, it says, In everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. When we hear from heaven, we're enriched by Him. Praise God in Isaiah chapter 4. You know, I, I want to ask you to put a draw on the Holy Ghost tonight for utterance and, and to draw what's in me out of me because, uh, family, we don't have a choice on whether we go here or not. We don't have a choice on whether we follow this or not. You know, I've been meditating on the river of the Holy Ghost, and 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 they have, the the Bible speaks of a river, and we're going to probably study that one night. And uh, the 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 prophets speak of the river, and you know when you're floating on the river and you're going down the river. Well, now uh, the river in our church, we've been floating down a real good river. We've been in a real good place in the river and we're I mean every place is good in the river but you can get to where I really like this place I don't really want to go on in the river and you know it's like our river is going like this and now we're taking a sharp turn the Lord spoke to me in one service and said you're fixing to make a turn in the bend of the river and we're taking a sharp turn and the turn is so sharp in the bend of the river uh, that the holy that we're flowing in in the in this church <clears throat> Y'all stay with me here. Now y'all can understand this. Um, uh, the turn is so sharp that we can't see what's around the bend in the river. And so what happens sometimes is when you get there, it's like, no, I like this place in the river. And you start trying to paddle upstream because the river will just naturally carry you. We really don't have to do anything because we're just a going in the river. But if we start trying to paddle upstream, or if you jump out of the river and start being a spectator, you know, it's not going to be, it's not a good thing. You're going to wear yourself out if you try to paddle backwards in order to stay right where we're at. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay where we're at. I want to take this turn in God. And so let's pull on this. Isaiah 4 verse 5 says, 
And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory shall be a defense. Or it says, or, or my translation, my Bible says there in the margin, it says a covering. Let me read that again. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies... Well, we're one of the assemblies of the church, aren't we? We're an assembly. He will create a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory shall be a covering. Uh, every church needs the glory. And the Lord creates the glory. And one of the men of God said that 1999, we'd have 365 days of glory. Now, you've got to take a faith stance for that. In fact, you know, I, I, you don't come thinking, well, now I want to hear faith. I, I, I don't need to hear this glory stuff. I want to hear faith. I want to tell you something, family. This glory stuff takes faith. This glory, the, the glory of God, this is a faith thing. This is a faith thing. And I want to remind you of something. I mean, sometimes we think, oh no, I, I want to hear a pastor teach on prosperity, or I want to hear faith, or I want to let me let talk to me about, you know, um, a good co a confession. Let's let's preach on that. Well, uh, Psalm 50, where it says, uh, you know, he that ordereth his conversation aright will see the salvation of God. I want to tell you something what the first part of that verse says that we never talk about. It says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. We need the glory. We need to know how to enter into it. Praise God. So, um, uh, And the way is praise. Praise in the church. And we've had praise in the church and worship in the church. But, some, but one thing is we've not known how that praise and worship work together to bring forth the glory. And that's how it happens, is praise and worship work together. I haven't known it. I have had to seek it out. I've had to find it out. Amen? Well, Debbie, we're just going to do this by the Word. I, I can tell you, we're not. We're not just going to do this by the Word and by confessing the right thing and by praying the right thing. We're going to have to have the glory. we got to have the glory. There's, we, we're, we're com, we're, do you all realize we're combating something here? Do y'all realize how apathetic the world is and how apathetic Christians are? Do y'all not do y'all see that like like Pastor and I see it? I read in the Tuscaloosa paper Monday, the front page, right across the front page. Tuscaloosans, they're not afraid of Y2K. World's not afraid of Y2K. We can't scare them into church. We cannot scare them into church. Or, or at least it hadn't got that bad yet. And Y2K is not scary enough. Now, you know, maybe come December it's going to get scary enough that we can scare the world into church. But there's something here. I think it's going to take more than scaring them. I, I, I think we need something here. I think the church has had... We ha it's not been missing, but there's been something missing. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is what it is. I think we need the glory. And besides all that, even if we don't need it, God's put a desire in me that I want the glory. I want to see the glory of God. I want to be in the glory of God.
I want to be in what God's doing in the earth. Amen? I've been in the Word a lot of years. And you know, we get to thinking, man, if I just could put a little more Word in. If I just put a little more Word in. If I just put a little more Word in. Or, you know, and that's what we think in our circles. In other churches, it's like, well, if you just pray a little longer, if you just pray a little harder, if you prayed more, you'd get this. Isn't that, isn't that right? Well, in Word of Faith churches, if you just, you'd confess more and you'd get in the Word more. I tell you what. I, I, I'm so full now that if you poke me, I might explode on you. But I need something that'll release the Word of God. I need something. And the church needs something. And we're getting it because we've asked God and we've said, Lord, don't let us be left behind. And He said, okay, here's what it is. And we said, but we're not used to that, Lord. We're used to hearing faith and prosperity and, and remember how that felt when you first started hearing that. I, I, well, you know, now I welcomed it, but not everybody. I know when Pastor first started in our church in Seminole, he started teaching the offering. And he, we, at first, you know, he just took the offering. And then he got this revelation, I'm going to teach on the offering before every service. Well, my word, it was like a revolt. It was. And we had to go through that. And then, you know, it's like, well, we, if we're not used to something, sometimes we go, and, and we're not used to things on the glory, especially in our kind of churches, especially in Word of Faith churches. We don't go to worship symposiums. That's not what Word of Faith people do. We don't. And we really frown on them that do. But, but we don't, because we're word of faith, we don't have to leave off this part. We don't have to leave it off. Amen? I hadn't heard teaching on praise and worship in a word of faith church since before I knew there was word of faith churches. Since back in the 1980s, before Word of Faith became popular or whatever. I mean, there was Word of Faith, but I hadn't heard anybody teach on praise and worship. I guess they do, but it's not advertised. Amen. And you know, when we, what I'm talking about, about the glory, how I'm going to tell us that we're going to get there, how we get there is through praise and worship. And I will agree with you. I will totally agree with you that there has been some weird praise and worship out there. I mean, I don't think that, I don't believe it's God. I think it's flesh for people to put on their ballet suits and put on, um, and, gir and girls to put on a little skirt and come up and for us to have a choreographer in the back that says, now you put your leg out here and you do, I, I don't think that's God. I don't think that's, I think that's flesh. I think that's a substitute, Amen. you know, for what's really God. But we don't have to abandon the whole thing because we don't have choreographed dance. And I think to bring banners into the church and to put them up here in the front and to wave them, that, they're, that when people do that, they're reaching back into the Old Testament and trying to get something, trying to make something happen from the Old Testament, and we're New Testament people. Amen? And in the New Testament, we're told how to worship and how to praise. We do that with our voice and with the lifted hand. That's how New Testament people praise and worship was with the voice and with the lifted hand. And when we dance, 
We dance under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We don't, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, you cannot, you cannot do it. Um, you can't count, you can't count and, and do all that and it be inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now I'm helping you. I'm helping you here. And, and it'll help you. Cause so we're not going there. So get peaceful. We're not going to have the ballet and we're not going to have, we're not going there. Amen. It's, it's not going to happen in here. But we don't have to throw praise and worship away and, and, uh, and, uh, and walk away from that. We can still keep what's right. Uh-huh. Amen. And so, um, I told you two weeks ago, some of you might not have been here, so I'm going to say this part again. We praise until the spirit of worship comes, and then worship until the glory comes, and then we stand in the glory. Well, now this is not just a real big new thing because even in membership class in this church, I know when I taught it, I'm not sure what emphasis, you know, Colin is putting on it now, but we talked about the fact that we don't try to make something happen by our, we don't come in here and worship for an hour and a half trying to make something happen. Uh, uh, we don't, we, we don't, we don't try to make it happen. We praise God and then if He, if He leads us to worship, we worship. If He doesn't, if He leads us another way, will we do we just go. We just we just go with the flow. But I do think that 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 we could have some fine tuning on this. The manifestation of God's glory has always been. Has always been. This is not something new. I don't want you to think this is something new. We've heard our fathers of the faith. We've heard them talk about it. We listen to their tapes. It has kind of been missing in the church of the 80s and the 90s. And there's been, a, there's been a, a lack of emphasis on the glory and so forth. And some, some though, have known how to flow with this more than others. But I want to tell you something. Now is the day for every Christian to experience the glory. And every person, listen to this, on the face of the earth to know of His glory. Because we live in the glorious day of the Lord. You know what we live in the day of the Lord? We live in one of the Lord's greatest hours. One of His greatest days. And we can experience the glory. And we can experience it every day. We don't just have to have it. Well, occasionally, ever, ever once in a while, the glory comes into our services. Well, that's not how it's supposed to be for us. It's supposed to be every day that we have His glory. And the glory of God is inside you. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the glory of God inside you. And how you release it is with your voice. That's how you release it, is with your voice. This is not new teaching. This is not, there's, this, just a, this is just giving us understanding. This is not something we don't understand and we don't know. We release it with our voice. Uh, I was reading this uh, and, uh, about Jacob's ladder. And you remember in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12, when it talks about Jacob, you remember him and the ladder came down? You know, sometimes we don't really, uh, we put the emphasis in that story on, on other parts, but a ladder came down, and the Bible, we got to go there because I want to show you something about the ladder. Because sometimes we think the ladder rolled out of heaven, and all of a sudden, heaven opened up and the ladder kind of rolled down, you know, like one of those roll-down ladders, and, and God just threw a ladder down. But I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12. Now, we're going somewhere tonight. And it's talking about Joseph here, I mean Jacob here, and it says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder, now look at this, set up on the earth. 
Did the ladder start from heaven? No, the ladder started from earth, didn't it? And it set up on the earth, and the top of it reached the heaven, reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Well, I'm not into this, but I just read it, and I thought it was interesting. But some people do the numerology, numerical values, and so forth. And the word ladder there in the Hebrew is sulam, and the numerical value is 136. Now, I don't understand all this thing about numerical value and Bible code and all that, but this is interesting. The word for voice in the Hebrew is K-O-L, and guess what the numerical value for it is? 136. So there's a correlation here. God has this thing. God is much more uh, detailed than my mind is even trained to understand as far as Bible codes and numerical values and all those kind of things. But every once in a while I read something like that and it's kind of interesting. But the fact is, is this ladder has everything to do with voice. We can start from here on earth and create us a ladder to heaven just like that with our voice. Amen. Praise God. So your voice is the ladder of ascent. Praise and worship create the atmosphere of heaven. Praise is the entering in. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4. Now, because this is important, I'm going somewhere. I'm making a point here. It's going to help us. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Praise and worship create the atmosphere of heaven. Y'all would agree with that. This is not anything new. Praise is the entering in. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. So He tells us exactly how to enter in. He says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. So praise is the entering in. Praise is the ascent. They sang a song Sunday, I think it was a special here, that said, uh, Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And what? The King of glory shall come in. Amen? And praise is the ascent. So in other words, I'm making a point here. One point I'm making is you can't start with worship. You start with praise. You begin with praise. And one thing that we need to be aware of as we praise. Now sometimes we praise and it's very mindless. We can sing a song and not really be praising at all. Really, we wish we didn't have this. And, and I know these songs, because when I'm on the stage, I can sing them, but sometimes I find myself looking at that thing. We need to not look at it. Wait, this is for visitors. This is really for visitors. We don't need it. We've got these things memorized, except when we get a new song, and then we need it, okay? <laughs> we need it for the new songs, and we need it for visitors, but we don't need this thing. And so we need, to, we need to be aware of some things when we're praising. And one of the things we need to be aware of is that we're ascending. Now, I don't want you to be aware of ascending in the sense of, I'm trudging up this ladder, you know, or I'm climbing a flight of stairs. I don't like stairs very well myself. Uh, but that's not the kind of ascent. I want you to be aware that you're rising up. You're rising up on the inside. All of a sudden, you're just, you're just rising up. It's the ascent. Praise is the ascent. We're, we're going somewhere. Amen? When we praise the Lord. And I tell you, I love sitting on the front row. You ought to all be on the front row. You ought to all... I, I, I'm going to tell you honestly, you all may think, oh, Miss Debbie, she's so spiritual. Or maybe you don't think I'm spiritual. I don't know. Well, I don't really care what you all think. But um, if you do think so, I tell you, it's not so much that. It's on I'm on the front row. The closer you can get, the better. 
Well, you know, what is that? Well, there is, it's, there is a, um, uh, there's a tangibility to the anointing. And the closer you are to it, the more you're going to sense it and the more you're going to feel it. But I'm telling you, sir, there's some very natural reasons. Because I've sat on the back row a few times just because I had to. I'm telling you, there are so many distractions in the back. And Satan wants to distract you from your ascent. And if you're not careful, now you just got to make a willful effort here. You're going to have to get a hold of your brain and say, Debbie Billings, you are going to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not careful, you'll be singing a song and your heart's no more in it. And your heart has, it can't be a head thing. Your heart has to be in it for you to ascend. And if you're not careful, you're going to watch every kid pick every booger they pick. And I mean, and they do. I mean, you know, and you're going to watch every kid go to the bathroom and you're going to see whatever Usher does. Well, I'm not saying they all pick boogers, but I'm not trying. I didn't mean that. But if they were to, you know, and you know, you know how little kids are is they turn around and look at you, you know, get as far up as you can. Every row you're up is one less distraction that you have in a service. I'm on the front row. I hardly have any distractions. I hardly see anything that goes on. The, I'm going to tell you, worship leaders, I'm talking to you tonight. You need to don't, don't look at that door. Don't notice who comes late because you've got to ascend. You've got to go somewhere. It's important that you go. Because if you go, we'll go. Amen? And I know I've been a worship leader for a lot of years, and it's real easy to get just to notice who comes in. And I know, I mean, just to notice anything. I mean, I know one time in Seminole, a little girl came from the bathroom. She'd gone to the bathroom while we were singing, and she's walking down the aisle, and she has toilet paper hung in the back of her pants, and she's dragging toilet paper down the aisle. You can see these things up here. It's so easy to be distracted, and the enemy would like to distract us because he knows you're going someplace. And he knows what you're going to get when you get there. He knows that it's the oil that's going to mix with the Word of God that you've been confessing and that there's going to be an explosion. When you mix the glory with the Word you've been confessing, you get something. Amen? So he says, man, I can't let them go there. I can't let them go there. Praise God. So, <sighs> praise is the entering in, and we begin with praise. So we start ascending, and when we praise, the anointing comes. Now, in our circles and in, our, in churches, what we've done is when the anointing comes, we've stopped the anointing and we sense the anointing and so we start trying to act on it and we start trying to minister and we start trying to do all sorts of things when the anointing comes and that's all we've known but I want to tell you something when you're praising and the anointing comes the anointing is to worship you praise until the spirit of worship comes and then you worship till the glory comes and then when the glory comes there is no telling what the Holy Ghost will do. He may say, preach the Word. 
But when you preach under that glory, then the words will be have that ring of heaven we talked about. Or when or 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 maybe no telling what God will start to do. There's God so vast, how can we even decide what God might do in the glory? But we've stopped too soon. Not that we have to go a long time. This is not a time thing. I'm not up here saying, man, we're going to increase the length of time that we worship. We're not even going to think about time. We're not going to focus on how long. I, I, we can Praise brings you into the anointing to worship. Praise brings you to the, into the presence of God quick. Especially the more proficient you get at it. Especially when you know how to flow and you know what to do. You get better with practice. It's real simple. It's just as simple as that. And so a lot of times we sing a song and, and the song leader does right to do this. And I, we're training our song leaders to do this and they do it. Sometimes, you know, we start off a song and it's just a song. And so we move to the next song. But then well, sometimes we sing a song. And I'm explaining this to the congregation for the benefit of the worship team. Because sometimes the worship team, without you meaning to, feels pressure like, we've sang this ten times, I wonder what they are thinking. Because I know I've been a worship leader. And sometimes some of you really are thinking, we have sang this song ten times, why are we still singing this song? Well, the point is not the song. The point is the anointing. And so when you find a song that the anointing all of a sudden is on, you don't go to the next song. That wouldn't be the thing to do. You stay on the song. You keep climbing the hill or you keep going up the hill. You keep ascending. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? You keep going. Amen? Amen. And so you stay on that song. And so now you have understanding of that. So sometimes if, if we sing a song 2,900 times, don't focus on the song. Focus on the anointing. Amen? And let's go. Let's ascend. Amen? Praise God. Now this is not a time thing. I told you before and I'm telling you again, this is not a time thing. Praise brings the anointing and we're not supposed to stop. Psalm 22.3, I'm just going to give you some scriptures here. says, God inhabitest the praises of His people. This is You can find this all through the Word. He inhabits the praises of His people. I looked up um, um, inhabitist. That's a word, isn't it? And it's number 3427 in the Hebrew. And it means to sit down. It means to dwell. It means to remain, to settle, to marry, to abide to continue. So we could say God, He sits down, He dwells, He remains, He settles, He marries, He abides in the praises of His people. I, I don't think we're praising Him enough. Amen? Amen? And I'm not talking about singing in church. I'm not saying, obviously, we're doing a good job in church, but we talked about having glory every day. Praise should not be something that we just do on Sunday. Praise should not just be something that we do for a minute before we start praying. You know, we were taught that. And, that, and it is true that it's good to start off your prayers with a little praise. That's a good thing to do, but it's not just something for that. There's more to this than that. 
I found that you don't have to pray near so much if you'll begin here and praise till the spirit of worship comes, worship till the glory comes, then you can speak things under the anointing and 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 you don't have to you do not have to utter as many words as we utter sometimes. Praise God. Turn over to Second Peter. Let's just look at a few more scriptures before we wind down. Although I have 7.15, so I have plenty of time. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> Y'all are just too easy. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Did we already read this scripture? We didn't? Okay. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, According as his, his, as, as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now I already read you one scripture how we're called to glory. But here's you another one that says we're called to glory. We're called to glory and virtue. And see it's the glory. You can look at this scripture that works inside of us to make us overcomers in every aspect of life. And uh, here he talks about, in that verse 3, he talks about, um, um, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm ahead of myself there. He, it works inside us to make us overcomers in every aspect of life. Let me look. I, I have something in my notes here that I'm not seeing in this scripture, so I don't know if I wrote it down or got it out of order or whatever. I must have, so I'm going to go on. But, you know, sometimes we think the, we think the glory is just for healing miracles and deliverances. But there's lots of much more to the glory than that. Because everybody's not sick. But the glory is, he said he called all of us to glory. He called all of us to glory. And everybody's not sick, but everybody needs peace. And everybody needs uh, a favor. And everybody needs excellence in their life. We all need that. We all need it. Praise God. So we need the glory, and praise brings the glory. Praise, then worship, and then the glory. And, and as we go on, I'm going to begin to show you the difference, but praise is much more wordy and much more exuberant. And the more exuberant the praise, and we have very exuberant praise in this church. Praise God. The people are, the, in fact, the Lord said to me that we have been in a river of um, of rejoicing in this church. For the past little while, we've been in a river of rejoicing. We've had exuberant praise in this church. And so the more exuberant the praise, the deeper in worship that we can go. Amen? And, and I don't want you to get uh, nervous about that because sometimes I know, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm the one, because of my background, it's like, oh, you know, you start thinking about worship and you think, oh, four hours, you know, we're going to be here. Well, if we get so in the worship that we get into the glory, that which is eternity, and we lose track of time, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? Amen. Amen. I think that'd be great. 
but we're not going to keep you there and say, no, 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 just a little while longer. No, if God keeps us, it gets us in the glory to the point we don't know what time it is or we're froze on the stage like Sim Amy Sybil McPherson or, or was that her or Maria Woodworth? Anyway, one of those girls was froze on the stage. If we get froze in the spirit, well, praise God. Could call the Tuscaloosa News is all I can say. That's what they did in her day. Then They came and took pictures of her. And... Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, when the glory comes, two things happen. Let me give you this. First of all, the spirit of revelation begins to work in us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Now, we pray Ephesians all the time. But when the glory comes, the spirit of revelation begins to work. It says, in whom we have redemption through His blood. No, I'm Ephesians 1, 7. I've got the wrong verse. You know how us typists are. Right here, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. When we get into the glory then the revelation starts to come. And I need revelation, you need revelation, you need revelation in every aspect of your life. And he says here he's a father of glory. And he gives us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The second thing that happens when the glory comes is we are changed by the glory. Now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Family, there is not one person in this room, there's not one person in the whole body of Christ that doesn't need change. I mean, sometimes we walk around acting like we don't need anything. I don't have any needs. I don't need anything. But that's a lie. Now, I'm not saying that I, I, I agree with you that faith, we don't have to talk about our needs and we don't have to. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people act like they don't have any needs. Oh, I've got it all together and I'm perfect. There is not anybody here that doesn't have some sort of need. You may not have a financial need. You may not have any health needs. But you've got a, the, the, you know how I know that there's not one person in here that doesn't have a need? I know it because of the curse. I know that the curse is out there. And I know there's not one person in the whole world that that old curse hadn't touched. So that tells me that I need to be in the glory because when I get in the glory, I'm changed. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. This is a really good scripture. It says, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, we could all use some more of that, couldn't we? And it says, but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He says, when we get in there and we start beholding with open face, in other words, we start seeing that glory, we're changed. We're I tell you what, there's a lot of change needed in the body of Christ. I know some people, I know some people, family, they've been going to church for years and they hadn't seen change in their life. I, I know some people that have been confessing the word for years and hadn't seen change. I know some people have been giving for years that hadn't seen change appreciably in their finances. We need glory. Yeah. We need to behold the glory. Because change comes when it does. And sometimes we don't even know all the changes. But we look back on ourselves two and three years later or even one year later and we say, you know, I'm not the same person. I'm not even the same person. And, and things that used to be a problem in our life, things that used to bug us, all of a sudden they don't bug us anymore. 
Things that used to hurt us. You know, we're, we're not just... The, 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 the word, this glory, it'll change you. It'll change you. Not just, you know, sometimes we get to thinking, well, I don't have any serious needs, so I don't need to be changed. Family, we need to be changed if we just get our feelings hurt easy. We need God to change that. That's not what God wants for us. Amen? And we get changed in the glory. He said here, Peter said it here, and Peter knew about the glory. He talked about it 16 times. Oh, this isn't Peter, but good point anyway. Peter did know about the glory. Praise God. And Paul did too. Amen. And no telling how many. I didn't count all his, but he's. it's in there. It's in there. Praise God. Well, I'm going to finish just a little bit here because I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to tell you one thing, because I know you'll understand this. Because we live in a different day. It's not the same as it used to be. Does everybody know that? It's not the same as it used to be. And in the olden days, and when I say olden days, I'm talking about 10 years ago even. Amen? But in the body of Christ, in the olden days, because I've been to church. I'm talking about spirit-filled church now. I'm not talking about, I'm not going back further than that. But in our spirit-filled churches, we've been content for one person or two people to get blessed. And we've stood back and we've said, man, didn't sister so-and-so get blessed tonight? And we've, stood, we've been very content to watch other people get blessed. But I want to tell you something, we don't live in that day. And, and I can tell you from Scripture that we live in the Acts 2.17 days. In Acts 2.17, it says that in the last days, He's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Not two or three fleshes in the congregation. He said all flesh. And it's, not, it's time for us to quit watching Sister So-and-So get blessed. Saying, oh boy, Miss Debbie, she really got blessed tonight. Did you see her? It's time for all flesh. It's time for all flesh. You know, we've been hearing the prophets say that whole congregations were going to get healed. How do you think that's going to happen? You think, well, okay, God's just going to start healing the whole congregation while we watch kids pick their nose? I'm not trying to be rude or crude here, but really, isn't that what sometimes we have thought? Is God just put it on me if you can? <laughs> And we've been all, you know, and, and did y'all do that? Do y'all think, well, I need to go to the grocery store after church, or is that just me? <laughs> and, do, or, and sometimes do y'all sit there and think, where are we going to go to lunch as soon as? Y'all don't do that, do you? And you say, I wonder if it'll be crowded at the Cypress Inn today. Huh? And, and, and we say, yeah, God's going to heal the whole congregation. While we do everything in the world. And, and, and I'm not talking about us being a bad people. I'm not talking about that. I'm not getting on to y'all tonight. Y'all are acting like, boy, she is whipping us tonight. I am not getting on to y'all. I am talking about me, folks. I'm talking about what happens on the front row into the pastor's wife. Now, I don't see the kids, but all the grocery store stuff, all the where are we going to eat when church is over, all the what do I have to do when church is over. And we got to get a hold of ourselves. And we got to say, 
Debbie Billings, you are going to concentrate and focus on that which is eternal. And I got to do it more than on Sunday, too. I got to find some time at home, even on Monday through Saturday, to say, you're going to focus on what's eternal today. And I'm not advocating that you have uh, killer dust balls in your house and stuff because, <laughs> because uh, y'all seen that sign, hadn't you? This house protected by killer dust balls or something. <laughs> I'm not advocating that we neglect responsibility, but I am saying that I know this is true, that when I get in the glory of God and I seek first His righteousness and His presence, that there is something that comes in at me that empowers me. And family, the Spirit of God is excellent. And some of you are trying to be excellent in the flesh, and you're never going to get that house cleaned, and you're never going to get it all done in the flesh. If you could have, you already would have. And you've heard us preach on excellence, and you've said, yes, I've got to be excellent. And so you go home and you... You crack down the whip on the kids for, I mean, not really a whip, but you know what I mean, uh, for three or four days and pick that up and, you know, because we're going to be excellent around here and we're doing it in the flesh a lot of times. And I'll tell you something, there is something that will make us so excellent. It's the glory. And I actually have a scripture for that. But I evidently didn't type it in. So next time you're going to get the scripture. You're going to get the actual scripture that talks about that the glory and the excellence. And we don't have to work at it near as hard as we thought. Amen? Praise God. So we need to be familiar with the glory and be, be ready for it because I'll tell you two things now. Numbers 14, 21, we won't go there. You know the scripture. I mean, you've heard it quoted and quoted and quoted that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. That's what Numbers 14.21 says. But I'll tell you something. Habakkuk gives us a little more understanding on that. He said in Habakkuk 2.14, you can look these up for yourselves, it says something different. And we quote it as the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. And sometimes we think that every person on earth is going to be filled with the glory of God. But Habakkuk 2.14 says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. I tell you, some of the people in the earth are going to have the glory, and some of them are just, but some of them are just going to have a knowledge that it's there. But before this whole thing wraps up, everybody in this town is going to know. They may not yield to it, and they may not have it, but they're going to know. Man, have you heard about the glory down there? Amen. 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 Family, we got to get ready for some unusual things. But this week. This week, we've had somebody call us and something unusual started happening in some services somewhere and they are fighting it like, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not sure this is God. I hadn't had time to prove it out and pray it out. But wait a minute. We, what do we think this glory is going to do? What do we think the prophets mean when they say, what do we think they mean when they say, you ain't seen nothing yet? I mean, what are we thinking? One thing that, that's kind of getting a little bit of a stir going is, I think you might have heard Craig DeBauer say when he was here about the church, in, in, I think it's in Argentina, is that right? Where the gold is coming down from the roof. And they took the gold and paid off the church. Well, there's really people saying that was the devil. 
But Pastor said, and I love this, he said, you know, if that's the devil, he's made two mistakes now. The first one was he crucified the Lord of glory. The second one was he gave them people gold to pay off their church. <laughs> so if that's the devil, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if God, if the devil gives people gold to pay off their church building to you. But what are, well, sometimes like, man, that's just too unusual. Amen. Y'all stand up tonight. <laughs>